Hello, hello, and welcome to episode seven of The Divide, the podcast that is just awesome. Uh, I'm Ben Dodson, and I'm joined as ever by Chris and John. Christopher, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Benjamin, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've had a productive day. Oh, that is always good. Yep, I did three hours of work, so, you know, can't complain. Ah, is that all? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I should have said sorry. My goodness, Ben, you're overdoing it. (laughs) (laughs) Your health, man. It is slightly more than my usual hour and a half, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. (laughs) Gotta justify that daily rate sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, my clients aren't listening. If you're looking uh, to hire Ben, you can find <laughs> out. BenDodson.com, very competitive rates. Yeah. <laughs> John, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you. It's the first first day or two that it's been above zero for about three weeks, which is pretty nice, given it was minus 12, minus 18 in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, hey, just sure enough. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the divide it's... if we didn't start off by discussing the weather in Sweden. Well, you know, it's a staple part of, of my life. Really, it's going to be really boring when we're recording episodes in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I'll just be going, ah, sunlight. Got yeah. some vitamin D for the first time in six months. But yeah, today we had two hours of sunlight in July. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's quite good that we've mentioned the weather because I've done the unthinkable and I've changed my weather app on my iPhone. I've been a dark sky user for probably about two years because it's really good for like saying, here's a push notification to say, it's gonna start raining in five minutes and then it starts raining. Um, But there's another app called Carrot that I've been meaning to try for ages, which is just a bit more fun. So like if I look at my phone right now, uh, it says, drizzle starting in 40 minutes, you're welcome. And Very some, polite. I sometimes pre- it'll just say things like, it's fucking windy out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's that app called? Carrot? Carrot. They've got loads of apps. This is their fifth one. They've got one right. that's like about uh, like a seven-minute workout one. I think they've got an alarm clock one. Um, but the idea is that Carrot is like a GLaDOS-type AI. So it does actually speak to you using like Siri's voice. Oh, nice. Um, and she's a bit mental, but it's full of like little Easter eggs. So there's 32 hidden locations that you can get the weather for. So like Mordor is one of them. And like when right. I clicked on it, it's like lots of lava. And then at the bottom, it just says, one does not simply ask for the weather in Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of stuff like that. So it's really good. So I'd, I'd advise checking that out. It's made checking the weather much more enjoyable for me, much more fun. Anyway, we'll kick off with some follow up as is usual. Uh, Chris, you've got something about a TV concept. Yeah, um, I came up with an idea for a good TV concept um, following up from our our last episode um, of the uh, 2016 games list. Um, It's a reality show, and basically every week um, a normal member of the public is paired up with J.J. Abrams. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you see where this is going? I just came out this. Uh, it came out of nowhere. I think it's genius. I'm going to pitch it. A member of the public is teamed up with J.J. Abrams, and they do like, um, you know, a montage scene where they're brainstorming all of the that person's favourite things from childhood, and then J.J. Abrams will pick one of them and ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Should we do a little demo? So I, I really liked when I was growing up Transformers. Yeah, okay, so um, J.J. Abrams would probably come in and um, just have them all rust. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's it's a working concept, but um, I just, I really wanted to mention it in case there's any TV execs thinking. What's the the show (laughs) called? Um, I'm not sure yet. J.J. Abrams shits on you. Yeah. Uh, J.J. Abrams won't fix it. Like, like, like uh, ruining ruining your childhood with J.J. Abrams, probably something like that. That sounds like one of those really bad, like an audience with shows. You know, yeah, like, an hour and a half, an audience with J.J. Abrams. Yeah, sounds like a catch a paedophile show. <laughs> to to yeah. catch an Abrams. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Good. Right. Okay. Well, moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> you said something about Mass Effect pre-order as well. 
Um, so again, last episode we were talking about um, obviously the the big 2016 games list. Now, what I can't remember is whether we mentioned on uh, recording or whether it was after we finished recording. But um, I noticed that Amazon were taking pre-orders for Mass Effect Four or Mass Effect Andromeda, and they were they were asking for sixty four ninety nine. Um, for the PS4 and Xbox One copies, um, so I pre-ordered it. Just, uh, just not because I have any intention of paying that money, but just so I can, I can keep an eye on their ridiculous pricing. I think it's come down to fifty quid now, which I still have absolutely no intention of paying. But if, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because you that, get that'll that be thing about with right, though. Yeah, you get the thing with Amazon, right? If it goes down, you get the lowest price it ever is. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if one weekend they they put it down to like thirty nine or something, yeah, then you'll get it at thirty nine. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't take the cash until they ship it. So I hope not. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> Fords won't be eating this week <laughs> or next. Yeah. But you'll be playing Mass Effect on launch day. Yeah, like they don't even have a date for it. <laughs> it's just, it's just I, it. they'll they will happily charge you sixty five pounds for something that is basically just a concept and some code at the moment. <laughs> I really don't like the way that Amazon lets you pre order stuff, which. Like it's been announced, but there's no release date, which is crazy. Yeah. But they do let you pre-order stuff that hasn't even been announced. Like just based on rumors, sometimes they'll put up like uh, a thing for pre-order. So when um, it was rumored that they were going to announce Lego Lord of the Rings, they had mm. a pre-order for it, and it was just a black box. Was the picture? <laughs> yeah, it's like that'll be fifty-five quid, please. Yeah, there's there's no picture for Mass Effect. It's right. just I think it's just a question mark. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Yeah, and the thing that actually the thing that annoys me even more than that is that they allow people to review stuff that hasn't been released, mm. and so somebody will come along, give something five stars, and say, "Can't wait for this." It's like, great, that's really great. <laughs> it's like, thanks very much for affecting these ratings for the entire lifespan of this product now. Or worse, they'll give it a one star review and be like, "Oh, I bet this is going to be really shit." Yeah, absolutely. So you get Mass Effect 4, somebody will probably go on there, you could go on Amazon, you give it one star, and you could say, didn't like the ending on Mass Effect 3, and uh, yeah. that would be it. And that would be that. That would ruin the stats forever. So Amazon, sort it out. Um, or Well, actually, maybe J.J. Abrams could come in. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, no, <laughs> I'll stop with the J.J. stuff. No, no you won't. <laughs> yeah, I might. I'm, I'll tone it down. All right. I didn't. I, I wasn't going anywhere with that. Um, what would we'll JJ get him to host do? the show one day? They, what fun. he would probably do is actually he'd write more bad reviews, wouldn't he? So you know what's going to happen one day. Chris yeah. is going to be like ill. I'm going to get sued by JJ Abrams. No, when when you're like ill or something, and we need to record the show, we'll just get JJ yeah. Abrams to fill your place, <laughs> and then then we'll start getting loads of reviews. And people will be like, I love this show, and we'll be like, Well, sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JJ's in. You've been written out That'd by be JJ. Just the worst. Yeah, be yeah, but the, he'd blow up my house first. <laughs> All right, it look cool. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Lots of lens flare. So uh, here's a thing, a, a sort of a note. I've become obsessed with Fallout Four. I completely stopped all basic hygiene, <laughs> uh, nutrition, anything. Uh, I've just been wandering the wastelands. Uh, which, if you'll remember from previous shows, I've never played a Fallout game before. Uh, I, yeah. When it was first announced, and there was all the hype about it, and I was like, why is everyone getting so up about this game? I hadn't even realised it was by the same people that made Skyrim. And Did you not know that? No, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so when I started playing it, it's like, huh, this is basically Elder Scrolls, but in a different setting. Elder Scrolls with guns, it's, isn't it? It's exactly yeah. the same. Uh, which is awesome, because Elder Scrolls uh, Online, as previously discussed... Uh, was a shit show, so um, <laughs> so now I've been having a whale of a time with it. I've been playing it far longer than I should have, but it's awesome. And you're you're both playing it, aren't you? No, I am. I'm uh, forty five hours in so far. Nice. <laughs> I'm um, I'm playing Fallout New, Ve- New Vegas at the <laughs> Living it up in the modern day, there, Chris. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've taken a pause on New Vegas to play uh, The Last of Us. Oh. Um, and then I've actually got Dragon Age Inquisition in the wings as well, so I'll probably not get back to Fallout 4 uh, New Vegas until I'd forgotten what uh, <laughs> I, what was going on. <laughs> Fallout 4, though, is just the same but better. It's, uh, yeah. Apart from so, the, uh, the character models are terrible, and like sometimes someone will be talking to you and then their eyeballs will disappear, but the sockets are still there, and it's really sinister. Oh, old Assassin's like, Creed syndrome. Yeah, and there's like precisely a, the same as Fallout New Vegas, but more. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, all like clipping through the walls and stuff. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's a buggy mess, but it's awesome all the same. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Anyway, we move on to any cool news. Um, and I'm going to be shameless in my self promotion for my little music tracker app that got released last week. And did so well on the App Store. Surprisingly, yeah. it got in the uh, the top 50 paid apps in four countries, I think. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Congratulations. Good. Yeah, thank congratulations. You. Thank you very much. So now I'm so rich, I don't need to do this anymore. Because I, <laughs> I don't need this podcast money. Uh, you can actually, uh, you can hire. No, I won't go there. <laughs> hire a, a film director of your choice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, the, the app is basically if you've got an iPhone and you use Apple Music, uh, quite often Apple will screw around with your library and you'll find music missing or changed. Uh, and the app basically just monitors your library continuously and then tells you when stuff's changed. Uh, so if that sounds like something of interest, you can search Music Tracker on the App Store or go to dodoapps.io to find out more. Self-publication done. Just don't visit that website on your phone. What? It's perfectly responsive. <laughs> ah. I had a friend of mine who was like, oh, you should make it responsive. I was like, no, I'm making it responsive. <laughs> the whole point of the iPhone is that you're supposed to have the full power of the browser in your hand. You don't need to make little responsive websites. Nothing irritates me more than a website that's responsive that you can't force it to be desktop. Because it's like, like literally, uh, I'm going on a... Um, a holiday soon and their website is pared down on mobile it doesn't have all the functionality and there's no way of forcing it to be desktop and it's just so mm. irritating i mm. hate it i hate any responsive website i just want the full <laughs> website which is why ben makes apps and not websites <laughs> correct <laughs> well, and, and you're doing very well at it so leave the websites to other people i guess yeah oh. right uh, what, what else is there? There's oh, hey, so I've been playing a game on my iPhone recently, um, and I haven't played a game on my iPhone for some years, or not certainly not one that I really have, have, have been that interested in. I got bored of iPhone games when they all went to the freemium model um, and or, or became Clash of Clan clones. But um, I've been playing this game called Lifeline. Uh, mm. I don't know if either of you have heard, it, heard of it, but it's yep. basically... Um, it's just a cool little app where you are receiving communications from this astronaut who's stranded on a moon um, and he just chats to you and then he's basically trying to trying to get out of this situation and he just occasionally will just chat to you and ask you your advice uh, which I'm not selling it very well but you like you do things like tell him go and explore the wreckage of your ship or um, you know, go off and, and um, see what's up that mountain and things like that. And then he'll occasionally just disappear or say, right, okay, I'm going to walk over to the wreckage. Um, and he just disappears and you can't talk to him. And then suddenly after about an hour, you just get a push notification where he's just, he says, oh, I'm here now. And he talks to you. And I thought, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. I was playing it. And then, um, and then I suddenly got a notification on my phone and because something I told him to do had killed him. <laughs> um and that was actually what really sucked me in because suddenly the decisions that I'm making to tell him what to do um, have more of a meaning because I'm trying to work out how to keep him alive as opposed to just chatting to some um, app, basically. But uh, it's a lot of fun. So that's um, Lifeline in the App Store. And I think they've actually made a bunch of other ones as well. Yeah, there's uh, a sequel to Lifeline, I think, mm. that's just come yeah. out. Um, I mean, it's basically a, a, a tell-your-own-story adventure, like the old-fashioned yeah. books where you'd get to the yeah. bottom of the page and it'd be like, to cross the bridge, go to page 84, to yeah. go through the door, turn to page 97, but just updated for the modern age. Um, one of the nice things about it, it was one of the very first games to be available on the Apple Watch. Yes, uh, and I've it's, seen that. It's actually one of the only games that I've played on the Apple Watch because, obviously, games on the Apple Watch suck. Um, yeah. But it works really well because you just get the notification and then you can just press it'll give you say two or three choices and you just press the button that you want and then he buggers off um, yeah and you just get on with your day it's quite nice yeah and then you just get bothered and you can you don't have to reply to it immediately you can just wait until the evening and then scroll through and catch up on everything he said and then uh, choose an action it's really good really clever game yeah mm. i really rate it i think um i need to try out the sequel though i haven't done that yet 
Um, but I, I also got it because of my watch. I was like, ah, oh, I want something to play. And then I realized that most games are going to suck, but an interactive story is kind of the perfect medium mm. for a watch. You can just read mm. it in little bite-sized chunks. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It's um, mm. not long enough, but then I guess there's a sequel. So It's also one of those things where I think there's limited replay. Like, I've played it mm, twice, yes. and I can't be bothered to go through and play it again and again and again to see all the different ways of doing it which is similar to um another great game uh on the ipad and i don't think it's on iphone i think it's just ipad is um uh papers please also on pc on steam um and that you play a uh basically an officer in like a border control office and then you uh, it's kind of like a a quick game where you have to see lots of information and compare it against things so like a passport will come in you have to sort of like look at them and check if the age is right and height and various other stuff and it gets much more far-fetched as you go along and you're checking for like forgeries and stuff it's, mm. it's really good really really cleverly designed game but that one has 20 different endings and i got about <laughs> five of them and i was just like i'm not i'm not doing this again and again and again and again <laughs> trying to work out all the different endings trying to remember what i did differently that time because mm. you know i I've got a job. <coughs> so, <laughs> you got you got Fallout games to play and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that that is my job. I am a uh, <laughs> a vault dweller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, let's move on to the main topic of the show. Uh, mm. Today we're going to be talking about the Internet of Things, which is possibly the worst name of anything ever. Uh, it's basically the J.J. Abrams of naming things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I had to explain this earlier to my wife. I was like, oh, we're doing a thing about the Internet of Things. And she's like, what the hell's that? And I was like, we've got loads of it. We've got like light bulbs and doors and all kinds of stuff that's connected. It's stuff that's connected to the Internet. She's like, is there not a better name for it? And I was like, well, I think the Internet of Stuff works. And she's like, no, not really. <laughs> Yeah, you so, haven't branched out much from the name there, have you, Ben? No, you, I, haven't, I, you haven't been that inventive. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. haven't. The thing that really gets me, though, is the acronym, which is just capital I, lowercase o, capital T. Which, Yeah, which is irritating, because also, in most fonts, a capital I looks like a lowercase l. So it looks like you're saying lot. Yeah. It looks really weird. It's just, ugh. See, I hadn't seen that before, but now I'm going to see it every time I look at it. Yeah, oh, thanks, it's, Yeah, it's all right. That's my, you know, my pleasure. But the Internet of Things, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, is basically pretty much any piece of hardware that has a connection to the Internet and can talk with other things or can be listened to. So you're looking at things like uh, Wi-Fi connected light bulbs or door locks or security cameras that kind of stuff so really this is about sort of home automation and about connecting bits and pieces together um, a lot of it is done on uh, apis so you've probably used web apis in the past things like uh, connecting twitter to some other service uh, so it's all the rage back uh, probably about eight years ago now uh, when i first started out in web development i loved apis i'd use them for everything because you could just take all these disparate pieces of information and stick them together so for example i had my um itunes library would whenever i was listening to a song it would scrubble it to a service called last fm and then with the last fm api i could show on my website what i was currently listening to and cross-reference it with youtube to show the youtube video of the song i was currently listening to on my computer and i was like oh this is so badass it's so cool it's amazing it took me hours to build it and now i think ugh, why did i do that what's the point but <laughs> in any sense the, the whole idea is that you can mash these things together for various reasons so why i hear you ask uh well let's say that you have a smoke detector in your house that's connected to the internet of stuff and um when there's a fire detected it can tell other devices in your house so when it detects smoke it can turn on your webcam and start sending photos to and you your can phone. Watch the fire <laughs> <laughs> well no but it's useful so you can see if it is actually a false alarm or not you know if, you, if you're at work and you get a text from your uh smoke detectors are saying smoke detected you'd be like oh shit and you'd head home and then to find out that there's just someone having a bonfire outside it's a bit annoying but if you if it talks to the camera to tell you you know uh show you the picture of what's happening then it's mm. more useful 
And then there is a fire. Of, uh, Ben's house. No, no fire alarm that makes a sound. Just a fire alarm that talks to the internet. And after three minutes, just plays like Tom Jones burning down the house really loud. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. burn, burn. <laughs> I prefer Disco Inferno. But, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the other thing you could do as well, because all these devices talk to each other, is that if there is a fire, it can then turn off your gas boiler, for example, or something mm. like that. So it. It's kind of useful that all of these things can talk to each other um, or unlock doors so that people can get into the house, that kind of stuff. So that's the basic gist of it. Um, so we're going to sort of run through a few of the, the key players in this area, I guess, uh, and the accessories that you can get and ways you can make it all work. Um, so I thought I'd start off with a nice easy entry, uh, <clears throat> which is um, IFTTT. So in the sense of stupid it acronyms, tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, which stands for if this then that, which is mm. stupid because it should really be ITTT, but still, who am I to quibble? And this is a service that existed uh, since API started, really, um, in that you could basically say, okay, if something happens on this service, do something on this service. So for example, I have one set up so that if I take a picture on Instagram, then put that picture in my Dropbox so I have a local mm. copy of it. And that's a way of making you know internet APIs talk to each other. But it gets a lot more clever when you can actually use that system with stuff in your house. So I have the Philips Hue light bulbs, which I absolutely love, and I'll talk about more later on. Um, but at the moment, what I have is a, an alarm system set up on my phone so that in the morning, before we wake up, the bedside light comes on so that when we when the alarm goes off, the lights are already on and it's a bit easier to get out of bed. But then when I start work, I always forget to turn it off because it's in the other room. I don't go in there, so I forget to turn it off on my phone. Um, so what I set up yesterday uh, is a service that connects the weather APIs and it goes, okay, once it's 10 minutes past sunrise, turn off all the lights in the house. And then I don't have to remember to turn them off. It just does it for me, which is, you know, incredibly lazy, but also incredibly useful. It must actually save you, uh, I suppose, it saves your energy bill in the long run as well, won't it? I'm saving the planet single-handedly, Chris. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly what you're doing. So you're, am... actually, you're not doing this for the pretension. You're doing it for the environment. That's, exactly... <laughs> That's why most people do things for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Have either of you used it before for like home automation stuff or for anything else before, or even heard of it? It's pretty common. I um, had heard so. of it, but I think it was with a conversation with you like a year or two ago. Right. Like yeah. I have not looked at it since, but I, I kind of remember looking through the huge list of services it has available. Um, yeah. I mean, it's huge. I mean, most home automation stuff connects with if this and that for most things just because it's so easy for them to do it. And then you, it's sort of like a really easy way to make all the stuff talk to each other. Because the real problem is that there is no standard way for this stuff to work. Basically, every device has its own little API and its own little quirks, but they don't talk to each other magically. You kind of have to program them to talk to each other. Mm. And this is just a really easy way for anyone to do it. I mean, there's no code involved at all. I mean, it's literally... Like, the one that I set up for my Hue was literally a case of... It says, okay, if this and that, and you click the big this button, and you go, uh, okay, weather, and then it gives you a load of options, like if it starts raining, uh, sunrise, sunset, um, if the wind gets over a certain speed, and you go, okay, I want sunrise, and then okay, it goes, okay... Then what do you want to do? And I go, okay, Philips Hue. And then it gives you, again, a load of options. Like, do you want to turn a light on? Do you want to turn one off? Change the color? Change the brightness? Just go, turn all off. And it's like, okay, there you go. Done. That's really cool. Because I guess, I mean, you could, theoretically, I'm not saying you would, but you could program all these things right because they're all going to work through kind of REST APIs. Yeah. But the fact that there's one central service that hooks into, I guess, like events and out actions. Like, each API can trigger events or do actions and you can join them together with like a virtual cable so that's really cool and some some do both so for example i think you can do the hue one so that if you turn the light off it can do something else so mm-hmm. there are some things that are uh this is and some that are that's and some that are both <laughs> yeah 
How are you actually accessing the devices? Um, do you go in through a website uh, or not, you know, by a local a local site? It or? varies depending on the um, app. I mean, most of the ones that connect with If This Then That, uh, mm. by their nature, have to have an internet API. Mm. So, for example, with Philips Hue, uh, you can create an account so that you can basically control them when you're not at home. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm... I was going to say if I'm in the office, but that's stupid because the office is my bedroom. But uh, if uh, <laughs> if I was out um, crawling the planes of the fallout, then you can press a button and it will send a command to their server and then they relay it to the bridge in your house to then turn right. the lights off. Uh, so that's already connected. So you just, for the hue at least, it's a, a simple case of just logging in to the account and authenticating with it. Um, mm. Other ones will be different. I mean, some of them are like that. Some of them uh, do have maybe something running on your computer, I think. Not mm -hmm. really the ones that work with if this and that, just because it's a it was originally designed to be a way of connecting disparate web services together. Right. Um, but they've recently launched a, a sort of like a generic web uh, piece to it. So you can write your own APIs to plug in with it. So, for example, if you wanted it to hit your server when something happens, mm. so... Uh, in this basic example, when sun rises, I could tell it just to hit my server so that I can then do whatever I want with that information, then that is now a possibility which wasn't before. Um, and that opens up a lot of stuff, obviously, as well. What's what's your basic yes. sort of starter set on uh, on all of this then? Because um, in my mind, um, I mean, I have no internet of, of stuff, things in my house. I don't think. Uh, although yeah. I, might be, I might be completely wrong because there's, it's in everything now, isn't it? Well, um, in a lot but, of things. I mean, I'll run through what I've got in my house mm. at the moment that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I have a Philips Hue set of lights. Mm. Uh, so they're light bulbs. I think I've got five of them now and a bedside light. Um, so they're all connected to the internet and you can change uh, the state of on or off. Um, they're dimmer switches as well, so you can change the percentage of how bright they are. Uh, and you can change the color of them as well. So if you want purple lights you can um, and that's quite cool because you can do things like one of the examples they give again with if this and that uh, is if your football team scores a goal then you can make the entire house flash red for example <laughs> if you want right. to so if you're not watching whatever it is that's happening you can do it i used to do that when i ran wallaby whenever a wallaby item would be released because i knew it you know have a huge influx on the servers and i generally want to get on yeah. there and solve it. Uh, I had my entire house flash red four times whenever <laughs> an item was released, uh, which is kind of right. useful. Um, <laughs> then I've got a, a, a Belkin Wemo, uh, which is basically a smart plug. You plug it into a normal socket, um, and then it's got a socket on it itself, uh, and you can basically just turn the power on or off, uh, which you kind of think, what's the point of that? Um, I originally bought it because uh, I used to have a model railway layout uh, and getting underneath the baseboard to the back where the plug was was a real pain because I had to like, get on my hands and knees and crawl round to get to the back of the room to turn the plug on and off. Uh, with this, you could just open up the smartphone app and just press a button to turn the power on into the room. Um, more recently, I used it for my Christmas tree because, again, getting behind the Christmas tree to turn the Christmas tree lights on is a pain. Much easier just to do it from a widget on your home screen, just turn it on and off. Um, I've got a prismatic light pack, which is a set of lights that go around the back of my Mac. Um, and they basically, you can have it as a solid color or you can have it display colors dependent on what's on the screen in real time, like ambient lighting. Hmm. And that can be turned on and off remotely and brightness and all the rest of it. Uh, a new addition is an Eve door. Uh, which is it's basically a tiny little Bluetooth dongle that sits on the back door and just tells me whether the door is open or closed. And you're probably right. thinking, What's the, why would you need that? I'll tell you why. I have a small pug. Uh, and the pug quite often needs the toilet, and if the door ain't open, he'll do it on the mat. So uh. it's Sunday morning. I make a cup of tea. I give them their breakfast, I open the back door, I get into bed. I'm sat with my cup of tea, reading the newspaper, as one does in his late 70s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do say that. <laughs> and then the pug gets off the bed, runs downstairs, and then I go, shit, did I open the door? And now, I check my app, 
Doors open. No problem. Doors closed. Never have to burn a calorie again. Has the wind has the wind <laughs> shut the door? Oh, then I can go downstairs and open it again. So it's <laughs> it's kind of useful. Really, that was more of a home kit test, which I'll come to later, but uh, still That's- useful. That is like identical to my weekend mornings, except it's my little three and a half year old <laughs> who suddenly gets off the bed and runs off to go for a wee. He doesn't need to be let outside. He doesn't, he doesn't shit on the, <laughs> the kitchen floor, does he, if you don't open the back door? You seriously want to go there? <laughs> and again, it's, it's the sort of thing that you can connect up to things. So it, it's useful. I mean, the way that they pitch it is for home security because you can have it on doors and windows and such and you could theoretically set it so that if a door opens you get a notification or the lights come on or something like that. If you're on holiday in Hamburg you can find out at the precise moment when somebody has broken into your house. (laughs) That's good. Don't know why Hamburg but it just came to mind. But then you can connect it up to the camera so you can get a photo of the perp. That's true. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, we go. Uh, And then uh, the other one I've got is a Nest Protect uh, which is a smoke alarm, uh, which is connected up to Wi-Fi thing. Now, that's quite useful. I, that happened the other day. Um, I don't know why, actually. I think there was a bonfire outside. But I suddenly got a notification on my phone saying smoke detected in the hallway. And I was like, oh, shit. And I ran downstairs to check that I hadn't left something burning. Um, and I hadn't. And then a few minutes later, I got a notification to say, oh, all clear now. Um, but that's really awesome because it is a fire alarm that you get notified of it when you're out and about. And also, mm. it doesn't beep incessantly at you when the battery's low. You just get a push notification to say, you should probably change my battery, which is worth the cost alone, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, and then the final thing I have is a Bluetooth toothbrush. <laughs> or as I like to call it, a Bluetooth brush. Oh, very good. The best. I don't know why they didn't advertise it as that. Um, And it is completely pointless. I don't know why I wasted money on it. Uh, I was really into it. Like it talks to your phone to tell you how long you should be brushing for. (laughs) So you literally open the app and then you start brushing your teeth, and it's like, okay, after thirty seconds, it'd be like, right now, do the left half side of your mouth. Now do this. So it's like totally pointless, but it just like basically times you while you brush your teeth and it shows you the morning's news while you're doing it. Um, and then it can hmm. tell, it like reminds you to do things like brush your tongue. Uh, <laughs> and then if you've done it, then it records it in the app and then you can show it to a dentist to say, look, I have brushed my teeth. So I, it's a pointless, utterly, utterly pointless. It wouldn't work for me because I still don't get functioning Bluetooth on my phone. On my iPhone. <laughs> Ah, long running. Ah, uh, makes me sad. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just the endless, the joke that never stops giving. Yeah. So they're all my uh, connected devices. Um, and to be fair, most of them I don't make speak with each other. Um, they, they tend to be quite disparate. There are a lot of things I do want to buy, but I'm waiting to move house uh, until I really go you know, full throttle into this. Mm. Um like, I really want um, a thermostat that I can control remotely. Uh, so probably the Nest system again, or maybe Hive, something like that. Uh, but those, then you can just sort of set the thermostat while you're out and about. Um, or it can do it intelligently so that when you leave the house, it knows and it can put the temperature down. And then as you're heading home, it puts it up. Or just based on the temperature outside, it can know that bad weather is coming. Like, it can see and go, okay, well... In two hours, it's going to be cold. Rather than wait for when it gets cold to then fire the boiler up and then spend an hour warming up, it can do it in advance to sort of, you know, even out the amount of time and money you're spending on it, which is, I think, pretty cool, but other people might disagree. And I really want door locks. I really have a hankering for a Bluetooth door lock. Would you Would you 100% trust it? That is my only... Uh, well, I think, you'd have the, I think you'd have the back door normal so that if you did lock yourself out, you could still... Like, if, if the Bluetooth one didn't work, you could yeah. still get in. But most of them have a manual override anyway, so you have a key. Uh, okay, cool. The, you just have a real key. It, that it you still can has a key that you can fall open. back to. Yeah, it kind of exactly like security locks, like in an office, how they have, like, the smart cards to get in and out. It's mm. just like that. Mm. But the difference is that you can use an app on your phone to open it rather than a NFC card. Uh, and I really want one of those because I hate carrying keys and I have no need to carry keys apart from to get into my house. Ugh, I hate it. I hate, <laughs> do you not I, have to get into your into your car? Did you just say you don't have to get into your car? Uh, no, I do have to get into my car, but I don't okay. drive very often. 
okay. my wife has it at work. But like when I'm going to the shops, at the moment, I can go to the shop with nothing but my watch and I can buy stuff because <laughs> I just do it on that or on my phone. But then I still have to have keys in my pocket. So I've managed to empty my left pocket. I don't need the wallet anymore, but I still need my right pocket to have keys in it. I need do you need to have your hands. phone nearby if you want to pay with your watch or not? No, no you don't. No. So you can be bollock naked with just the watch on when you're shopping. <laughs> and in one very, very uh, bizarre circumstance, I was. <laughs> uh, you're so classy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We should. This is the, the, the classy episode of The Divide. Yeah. Ben, bollock naked. Yeah. Buying champagne with nothing, <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. but a gold Apple Watch yeah. and a smile yeah. on his face. Bollock naked. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's if this and that. So it's it's well worth trying um, because you can connect internet things to your home stuff. So uh, another good example is like connecting Twitter, for example. Um, so you could, if you wanted to send like text commands to your devices at home so if you wanted to turn the lights on at home via twitter you could like if you set up an account for like i don't know chris's house uh then you could just tweet it lights on and it would do it now there's probably not much need because you'd have an iphone app to do it but it's just a a rough example plus every all of your followers would know you just turned on your lights yeah (laughs) yeah that's true but that was a bad example, but I mean, the point. It was is a great example. You can connect web services to stuff in your house, which is pretty exciting because you get like a load of uh, things you can do uh, that we've probably not even thought of yet. That just because of this like glue that sticks it all together, you can make it all work. Yeah, uh, and that brings us on quite nicely to HomeKit because this is uh, Apple's implementation of trying to do basically the same thing, um, but slightly differently. Um, Now, the real problem with if this and that is that it's web services only, um, and uh, obviously you need to be connected to the internet for it to work, Uh, and sometimes you're not. Uh, HomeKit is more designed to make things communicate within a home, uh, make things talk together or let you uh, deal with them how you want. Um, So the way that it works is that you have accessories, which are things like your light bulbs or... Uh, your door locks or whatever it might be. Uh, you can have multiple homes if you're you know, an MP or something. Um, and then you can have uh, rooms inside those homes. So you might have like the bedroom, so you can say turn off the lights in the bedroom. Uh, or zones, so you can say turn off the lights upstairs or downstairs. Um, and you can even have things like service groups. So if you wanted to say turn on the uh, lamps in the lounge, you could do those separately to all of the lights, for example. So it's quite flexible. Um, and I discovered this a little while ago. Um, quite often, my wife is northern for her sins. Uh, so often. I'm really sorry for you. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Uh, when, <laughs> probably um, not. Yeah. No, probably not. Whenever she comes in, if, I, if I've left the lights on in the house, She'll often come in and just go, it's like bloody Blackpool Illuminations in here. <laughs> so I set up a, uh, a scene with my HomeKit devices so that if you say, uh, Siri, it's like bloody Blackpool Illuminations, she turns off all the lights in the house. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Which is quite cool. Um, Can you set it so that you could leave all the lights on, but um, like it will detect when she's five minutes away and turn all the lights off? You can. The next one so, I was about to mention is triggers, and those can be yeah. location-based or time-based. Yeah. Uh, so you could set it up so that when you're within like a certain area, that things will turn on or off. Uh, so a good example of that is like when you leave the house, um, you could have your doors lock if you'd forgotten to do it, or close the garage door, that kind of stuff. Uh, the example they gave for the scenes uh, functionality is that you could say good night to Siri, uh, and she'll close your garage door, lock your front door and turn off all your lights. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, that is pretty cool. It's kind of, it's it's lazy to a point. I mean, you could just do it all manually, but it's kind of nice that you can do all that stuff with one of your lights. I mean, um, of all the kind of scenarios you've given, most of them are cool, but a very sort of just a random luxury, you know? Yeah. But the two, the two sort of so far that it stood out for me. I think the home heating one is actually quite useful because mm. sometimes 
you know, like you don't want to have your heating on full blast all day and then just so it's warm when you get home. Yeah. We don't necessarily know when you're going to be home. So it's kind of cool if you can just go, oh, I'm just leaving work now, push a button, heating comes on, nice or, and warm when you get home. And you don't even need to push a button because it's location. Uh, mm. Remember, everything's connected, so it can detect when you're leaving the office and turn up the temperature accordingly or knows when you leave the house and can turn the temperature down. That's good. And the other cool one, I think, like more than cool, actually, yeah, I could see myself using that as opposed to just sort of enjoying it and playing with it for fun. It's the uh, the door locks. I think that would be really cool. And like I say, especially if at night you could just be like, ah, have I locked the door? I have. My phone says so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to go downstairs and check, you know. I'd just, quite like to be able to like set automated lighting and stuff if I was on holiday can you have it mm-hmm. so it like closes your curtains and opens them again? That'd be quite good. Yeah, uh, most of these things happen in the apps themselves for the individual things. Like Philips Hue, they have in their own app um, the yeah. ability for lights to come on at certain times of day. And they actually go a step further in that it will randomise it to within half an hour of the time you say. So mm-hmm. that it, it's not like... You remember in Home Alone where the guy sat there and he's like, okay, it's 6pm, Marv. Watch this. And he just like waves at one set of houses and like three of them all come yes. on at once because they're like all yes. using those little switches. Yeah. So with this, they do it. Like if you say six o'clock on, turn off at 10, it'll be any time between like 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. the lights will come on and any time between 10 and 11 they'll turn off just to make it look a bit more natural and you can do it for all the different lights in the house so not all of them come on and turn off at once like the downstairs could turn off half an hour before the upstairs ones do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool but i mean that's just uh, uh, built into the hue system and a lot of light apps will do that um with this it's more a case of that you can link things together so that uh, y- you can turn off a whole batch of things at once rather than going through all these different apps and yeah. the nice thing with HomeKit is, I mean, the real advantage of it than doing it through all the apps, uh, aside from being able to glue them together, uh, is that you can use Siri to do it because it makes it so much easier just to say, hey, Siri, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Oh, I apologize that I just said that for anyone who's uh, <laughs> got their iPhone plugged in and has that feature. Oh, yeah. I was trying really carefully not to say it, but uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, like that um, Xbox One joke where it's like... Uh... Xbox off or whatever, and you can say it in a multiplayer game and get their Xboxes to turn off. <laughs> the really bad thing about that was that there was an Xbox advert where the guy demonstrated it yeah. doing it, and like people were watching the advert and it turned their TVs off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the really clever thing is that you can just use Siri to do stuff because that makes it a lot more efficient. Because even having to open the apps to do this stuff is a pet like. My wife hates the fact that with the light bulbs, she has to open an app to turn them off. Um, it's slightly better. We have uh, widgets in the, um, you know, like in the Today widget area on the iPhone, like in your lock screen that you can swipe down from the top in Notification Center. Like yeah. if you swipe down from the yeah. top of your phone, oh, yeah, you get like yeah. your little notification yeah. area. Uh, Hugh have an app that you can put things in there so they're just single buttons so like i have one to put all the lights to a certain color throughout the house or just Mm. turn on the bedside lamp that makes it a lot easier because you don't have to unlock your phone or really go into an app you can just do it from there but even that is still a pain sometimes (laughs) yeah because it's not as easy as flicking a physical switch especially if you don't have your phone on you Um, and obviously the watch app is painfully slow because the watch apps are Uh, but at least with siri it's quite easy just to speak to the watch and say it and then carry on and you know after a few seconds she'll do it so yes that's You're the, be the, the first real advantage of home kit. when they have like a plug-in in your neck where you can just do it by thought like mind bullets that'll be the you'll be yeah. the first to buy it won't you mind bullets <laughs> yeah. i really hope that the first people to make cyborg implants call them <laughs> mind bullets <laughs> yeah. yeah okay uh we we think you're going to really like this. Here's Phil Schiller to tell you all about it. Hey, everyone. It's a real pleasure <laughs> oh. to be here today. I'm going to tell you about our new uh, new app, Mind Bullets. Mind Bullets. <laughs> all right. I'm going to see. Can we get mindbullets.com? <laughs> Probably not. I shouldn't have thought so. No. That's telekinesis, Kai. <laughs> How about the power to move you? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Speaking of domain names, this is a completely random aside, but bollocks to it. Um, (laughs) My good friend Phil of whizpip.com 
uh, was mentioning to me the other day that someone was trying to sell him whizpipe.com because <laughs> it might be related. And he's like, I like it. It sounds kind of French. And uh, I was like, surely that'd be whizpipe. Like yeah, I think it's the same e. thing. And then I found out that you can actually register domains with UTF-8 characters in them. Huh. Uh, and it works in like a really bizarre way. Like the actual domain is like something like ARN hyphen 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 whizpip.com hyphen hyphen A597 or something like that. It's like a really, <laughs> really hacky way of doing it. But if you type it in a browser, whizpip with an accented E on the end dot com, then it works. And it does actually show you a web page which I made of him wearing a, a well, I photoshopped a photo of him wearing a little beret and having a baguette. And when you <laughs> click on it, it takes you to his website translated with Google Translate into French. Nice. And the reply I got back was, you have too much money and too much time, which is <laughs> correct in, in one sense. <laughs> <laughs> All the rest of your money you spent on your house of things. But I, I was yeah, amazed. Your light bulbs. I'm absolutely amazed that you can have UTF-8 domain names like you can get emoji domain names if you want that would work because really it's because you're just running out of domains yeah smileyface.com you could you could have (laughs) smileyface.com someone's probably already registered it but if not you should definitely do it but the little i'm sure there's a little pile of poo one (laughs) Um, yeah if your domain name's uh, taken try using an emoji one that's my lesson for the day Anyway, we should move on. Uh, <laughs> um, can I just say mindbullets.com? Um, it is not available, but it's one of those really annoying ones where you go to it and actually there's nothing on there. It's just adverts. Hey, would you like to buy it for half yeah. a million dollars? Yeah, yeah. it's annoying. Oh. I hate that. One final thing, to, uh, final thing to mention about HomeKit is the other nice thing about it is that you can share control of your home to anyone with an iCloud account. So, like, you can share it with your spouse or children or something like that. Um, oh, so they go can on, control ben. it all with just their phone. randomly one day, share it with me. <laughs> I'll just turn my lights on and off. <laughs> I won't even get to see what you're doing, but just throughout the day, I'll just push random buttons. <laughs> Brilliant. That reminds me of when, uh, when I was younger, I, uh, I was a bit of a, a script kiddie and found loads of, like, you know... Uh, trojan horse viruses and stuff um and i put one on my friend richard's computer uh just for shits and giggles really um and i remember like i i was making his um printer print text off like it was speaking to him <laughs> really right. like i am watching you richard and like it like the printer would just print i am watching you richard and it really <laughs> shit him up it was hilarious Brilliant. uh and he got really really paranoid and i was like watch this and then the cd tray i made it like open and close repeatedly and he just went mental and threw his computer out a window <laughs> <laughs> you're Aww. the best friend ben <laughs> yeah. yeah you're the it? friend you are the gift that keeps on giving aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it was an expensive practical joke yeah ah uh, anyway good time to mention the arduino and the raspberry pi or any kind of the make your own devices that are out there which have sort of grown in popularity i'm sure you've got experience with this john yeah so i mean this is kind of for me where i think the whole internet of stuff uh is the most exciting because i've got you know a couple of raspberry pis i think we've got three around the house um and it's kind of cool because they're very cheap devices and you can just download you know a very small linux install and then very quickly get it running whatever you like you know like some set of python scripts you can do a lot in a, a little amount of time with a raspberry pi and linux and i guess now you can probably even program swift for it um uh but i think so my wife and i ordered over christmas it was a kickstarter called tingbot and they haven't arrived yet but uh, i think they're going to arrive in a month or two it's a little plastic enclosure with a screen on top. I think three, maybe maybe two or two, three or four buttons across the top, physical buttons. And it's a housing for the Raspberry Pi, so you can plug it all together, and then you can write very simple, like very fast to write apps in Python, and they appear on the screen. And you can, you know, they've got their little Python API, so you can make it reasonably pretty with not much work. Um, and I'm thinking either end of the Internet of Things that could be pretty cool. So obviously you could have the the little device sitting there all the time and it runs on like a 
I mean, the Raspberry Pi runs on one watt or something. And then you can obviously, the screen probably takes a couple more. But you can have it sitting there running, and then you can push one of the physical buttons on the top, which can do something, or turn on the touchscreen. And then you can sort of just tap lights on, or it can be like a nice little control point. Or equally, if you're a bit more adventurous, you can use it as the other end, I guess, of that instead of a this. And you could plug the Raspberry Pi into effectively anything. I mean, if you're reasonably techie and electronic, it's got a whole bunch of pins on the top of the board. So you could theoretically hook it into, you know, your, your lights around the house and things. I mean, I guess you need to be a better electrician than me to do that. <laughs> but um, you can easily have it hooked into various devices around your house and then just have it as an endpoint so it can, we can a way to control things in your house or to record things. You could probably plug some sensors in, maybe a webcam, and then you could script the device. So yeah, I think uh, I can't wait for my Tingbot to arrive and I hope it gives me a better introduction to the Internet of Things than my Wi-Fi kettle, which, uh, while a cool novelty, <laughs> is not that useful. <laughs> it's kind of a way of building your own Internet-connected devices in the same way that the three of us could quite easily like build our own APIs and stuff because we are web developers as well. So you sort of, it's, it's fairly easy to connect stuff like that together. Um, but with the Raspberry Pi or the Arduino or anything like that, you can physically make something um, mm. and make it connect to something physical so that you can get like a, a, a Belkin Wemo. It costs like £40 to make a smart plug uh, with a Raspberry Pi and you know, a few hours of coding, you could do that for about 10 quid. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, like you can have automatic blinds that close and open and curtains, all that kind of stuff. You can build it. Like, and anything you want, really, you can build with the, the Pi or the Arduino because you can just connect so many sensors and different connection methods to it, like Wi-Fi or Ethernet and everything else. It's one of the great cool. things about the modern day is that if you thought of it, someone's probably done it online and posted a how-to. There's probably <laughs> so a Kickstarter like, already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not like if you wanted to open and close your blinds with the Arduino or Pi, you probably wouldn't have to do too much thinking. There's probably someone online who has done it already, posted the parts they've bought, possibly even put them in a shopping list. You can buy them, build it yourself. You get the satisfaction of building it yourself, so you can yeah. customise it to your needs. But, you know, it's not going to be too hard because someone will be there to help you through it. So. One thing I've forgotten in this entire discussion is uh, fitness trackers. And they are pretty much the epitome of the, the Internet of Things because they take physical input and then record it digitally. So things like the jawbone or the Fitbit or anything like mm. that. Do you guys use anything like that, Chris? Have you got any kind of that like you know health-oriented stuff that might fit into this category? No, just my iPhone. Oh, no, that's <laughs> not true. I had... Um... I have a GPS watch. Okay. For like um, running but, and stuff. Yeah, but obviously I have to connect that via USB. It's not not high tech. No. But I mean, that's still very much the same sort of thing. Yeah. It's uh, You're still getting information from somewhere. It's just now generally it's more Wi-Fi. I yeah. had a GPS tracker a while ago, like a physical one that you put like a D-sized battery in. <laughs> um, and I took it with me on a cruise with my parents because uh, they were convinced because they were like how does it take so long to get from here to here because like distance wise on a ship this size going at like 40 knots it should only take an hour so we must be stopping in the night or doing something else and so I took this GPS tracker with me it was huge uh, it was about the size of a small hard drive uh, and I just left it in our room for the whole five days and sure enough at night the ship would just do gigantic 30 mile radius circles in the sea <laughs> so that in the morning you'd always arrive at the port at like 7 in the morning so that people could see you arriving but at night it would just do big circles in the middle of the sea <laughs> away from land and then it would come back and it would slow it would slow down like between the hours of like 1am and 6am when most people were asleep they'd slow down to like 10 knots to save, right. to save energy I imagine but then as soon as it got to like 5.36am it'd speed back up to 40 knots and be like oh we're here <laughs> as if it had been some great voyage to travel like 10 miles <laughs> means you always Crazy. get there on time you know but yeah GPS trackers awesome 
But um, I, I mentioned the fitness stuff because I just remembered that one of the devices I've bought, and I, I buy an awful lot of these connected devices on Kickstarter and stuff like that, um, is I have a, a water bottle coming that logs how much water you're drinking a day and then saves it up to the cloud somewhere because um, it's literally ever connected via Bluetooth to your phone. So as you put water in it and then drink water out the top, it'll record that and then sync it up with your phone, which is another one of those things which is completely unnecessary and I could just you know manually write it down myself. But it's kind of nice that we live in a world where even what you drink can be automatically <laughs> read. There's one actually which can even detect what it is you're drinking. So it could be like, this is orange juice. This is X number of calories. This is beer. I've um, seen that. It's, oh, what's yeah. it called? Um, I can't it begins with V, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Water. Yeah, we'll find it at some point and then we'll put it in the show notes. But um, it was a cool idea. I don't know how well it works, but it was no. a very cool idea. But no, interesting stuff. So that's basically the internet of things. So uh, is there anything that you guys actually want to own that's internet connected like any stuff that you wish you had that did connect in an ideal world Chris? Uh, I think it would be quite useful to have one of those fridges um, that can like monitor what's inside it and update your shopping list that's always been like a wish list thing for a long time I still don't know if they actually exist no I don't know whether I just made that up or not it sounds great though (laughs) I think there are probably apps that you can do it with but you'd have to constantly I think, like, as you throw the package out, you have to, like, scan the barcode. Right. Which, obviously, mm. with an app is a pain in the ass because then you have to get the phone out and do it. Whereas if you yeah. had, like, a thing on the wall that did it, then you could scan it. I mean, Amazon tried this in America. I don't know how it's gone or if they're still doing it, and I can't remember the name of it. But everyone thought it was an April Fool's joke, but it was literally a button which had, like, a brand name on it, so, like, plenty for, like, kitchen towels. Um, and you literally stick it on the fridge, uh, and then all that happened is you pressed the button when you needed more of them, and it would automatically add it to your next Amazon shop. So, really? literally, okay. you're running out of towels, you got, like, one left, you press the button, and that's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about it, and then the next day it'll just turn up. <laughs> I think that's a cool idea. And I think that is so clever. It seems so stupid, though, that you'd have, you know, your fridge is covered in all of these buttons to press. Yeah, that's the problem. It gets out of hand quickly. But for some things, that's really, it's kind of like the the stepping stone to something really awesome. But I guess, Mm. I mean, like, um, I'm trying to think, because, like, the perfect solution would just know. But in absence of that, some sort of, essentially, tablet on the front of your fridge which had that functionality. You know, yeah. like it could basically be a... All, all that happens when you turn it on is there's a screen with 50 buttons on. They are the 50 things you buy every week or every, you know, periodically. And you just scroll to what you want, tap it, that's it. That would be that would be good enough, you know? Like, it doesn't need to be 50 different plastic buttons. No. I think ultimately um, it'll end up being done via RFID tags because they are very, very cheap. And I think eventually they are going to be embedded in everything just because it'll be easy to do so and they don't require power which is the crucial part of it all um because then you could literally just put them over a scanner and chuck them away um and it would read the tag and know what it is Mm. and then also potentially you could have things like knowing how full something is so as it runs out it could do something but that's Mm. a bit more advanced and actually i guess now it it would be fairly trivial to have a barcode scanner next to your bin yeah it wouldn't that's be like the that's the modern day version. It'd be fairly easy to just you know beep throw it in. Yeah, true. And then it turns up tomorrow morning. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I would I would consider that if it existed. Take that for a dollar. Anything else, Chris? Any other wish list items? Um, we're gonna make them. Yeah, yeah. Off your ideas. No, I quite. I, I mean, I I just I quite like the idea of. Um, being able, if I'm away and I'm away for a long period of time, I would like the idea of being able to shut my curtains and turn the lights on in the evening and stuff and yeah. turn them off again. That's always been a fun thing to have, I think. And it's been available for a long time, but it's always been very expensive because you needed mm. to have like it installed basically by someone to do it. Uh, mm. Whereas I think we've got to a point where that is now feasibly purchased separately as part of one of these systems it just depends on which ones talk to each other yeah 
What about you, John? What uh, what kind of stuff would you have in an ideal world? It's hard to expand on that really without uh, like on the spot. I mean, the the heating thing would be cool, mm. um, and obviously that's that's doable now. And I also I know I could do this, but I don't I don't know what the thing is. I don't really care enough to put the time into doing it. <laughs> but it would be nice to have some sort of camera in you know the doorway of your house that. Yeah, you can just see who's in your, who enters your house, and then if you're not there and someone enters, you know, you got the peace of mind that you at least saw the bastard steal your things. <laughs> I've got a couple of things that I'd really like, and one of them is definitely a camera. Um, and there's a really good one. Um, again, I've forgotten the name of it off the top of my head on the spot, uh, but it's quite a nice looking piece, um, and it just sits like an ornament on the desk. But it's got a full wide angle camera in it. An alarm, so if it gets picked up, it'll sound, or you can sound it remotely to like scare someone out of the house, like a siren. Um, and it does things like temperature and smoke detecting and all kinds of other stuff. It's really cool. Um, but the nice thing uh, about that is that you can use it for a number of things. Like if you just want to use it to, uh, it's got like a microphone in it, so you can have like a conversation with someone, kind of like FaceTime via it. Mm. That, like you could. Uh, like if the kids are there or something you can speak to them at least um, or uh, you can have it as a security thing and it was originally designed to be used for like people that rent because obviously if you're renting a house you can't fit an entire security system in which is very expensive and has to be fitted professionally and this kind of is like a halfway thing where it will film stuff and it can be used to sound an alarm if need be uh, but it also is a camera. So I'm I'm really, really tempted by one of those. I'm definitely in the market for that. Mm. Um, I also really want some more Hue lights. I, I can't get enough <laughs> Hue lights. I love them. And how I many, really, how many yeah. light bulbs have you got in your house? I mean, how many spaces for light bulbs have you got in your house? How many rooms? Uh, I've got, in this house at the moment, I've got three bedrooms. So I've got a, an office, a spare room, and then my bedroom. And then there's the kitchen, dining room, and living room. And then bathroom, obviously. Um, so at the moment, the bedroom, my office, and the living room and dining room have Hue lights. And I have a Hue Bloom, which is like a little standalone actual light, not just a bulb, on my bedside yeah. table. I'd like another bedside table lamp. I'd like some for the kitchen, probably down lighters. And then maybe some of like the strip lighting they have. So you can do like under lighting underneath the units. Mm. Um and then maybe some in some lamps and stuff. I would spend, if I had millions of pounds, I would just buy light bulbs. Just smart <laughs> light bulbs. And is there any, uh, is there any issue with, like, uh, would they all run off one access point? Or would you... Yep, you can connect. Yeah. I think it's 50 bulbs up to one bridge. Nice. So they all run fine off that. That's pretty cool. Um, I quite like the thermostat thing, like you were saying. I, I really want one of those so badly. Um but we're renting at the moment, so there's just no point getting one fitted. Uh, mm. Again, same reason, door locks. I would love door locks. Uh, and a garage opening thing would be great. But the one I really want, which is you know really high on the wish list, all of those are doable and feasible. Uh, the final one is not. I want a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, I'd like a Tesla. And I'll tell you why I want a Setting Tesla. Setting your sights quite low. And why I bring this up now is that they just pushed out a software update whereby it is one of the things of the internet so when you're ready to go out you press a button on your app or on your watch to say get the tesla and the <laughs> garage door will open automatically because the tesla tells it it needs to get out and the door will open and then the car will drive out on its own park up in front of the house open the door <laughs> and just get in and off you go and then when you get home, you just get out the car, walk into the house. It knows you're home, so it automatically opens the garage door, carefully drives itself in, turns itself off, and closes the door behind it. And it's like, that is just the ultimate... <laughs> that is the That's ultimate awesome. Internet of Thing item. Good old Elon Musk. <laughs> what a great name as well. Only, know, yeah. only an inventor or a maniacal kind of like Bond villain could be called yeah. Elon Musk. Well, I'm maybe, reading. Maybe he's both, Mr. Musk. I'm reading a biography about him. It's he's really fascinating the stuff that he comes out with. Uh, he's an uh, incredible man. Yeah, he but, really I mean, is. Tesla is just. Uh, I would love a Tesla. 
Yeah. Not even for the car. I don't care at all about the car or the speed of it, any of that stuff, even though all of that is incredible. I just love the idea of the car being like self-driving to an extent (laughs) or like just being able to just drive itself out of a garage and be like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, just, let, just me, be, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> you'd just be sitting there in your living room watching everyone get wet outside, making your car drive up and down the, the, the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> in the future. He's talking about stuff like, oh, okay, if you're in New York and you wanna, your car's in San Francisco and you want to drive home because you missed your flight, you just press a button and your car will get out the garage and it will <laughs> drive and come and get you. And it's like, you would not need a taxi at this point. Like, drink driving, that problem's solved at this point. Because you just... <laughs> I'm going out for the night, you drive there, leave the car, and then when you want to go home, you just get in the back of the car, and it takes you <laughs> back home, and then it parks itself, and then your door shuts behind you, locks, your lights come on, you get into bed, your robot butler tucks you in, curtains close, Ah, <laughs> oh, it's like we're living in the Jetsons, I love it. Alright, so unless either of you have got anything else to mention on this topic, I think that's it. Nice one. Alright, so... Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can check us out, as always, at the divide.co.uk uh, and on Twitter, we're at Podcast Divide. Uh, we're always very grateful for your reviews on iTunes. Um, I'm not sure if we've got any yet, but we should, we should probably get some more if we haven't or if we have. Whatever. Just leave a review. Say something nice. And hmm. if you don't want to say something nice, say nothing at all. Emails. Uh, so, yeah. if, you, if you've got nothing nice to say, just put five stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Words to live by. Yeah. Um, so our next show is going to be on the tenth uh, of February, uh, where Chris is going to have a topic of some kind to discuss. Some topic. It, it might well be Dungeons and Dragons because uh, we're going to be That'd playing be our, our first full episode of Divide and Dragons next week. Mm. Which oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're it's going to be awesome. I mean, to be honest, it's a miracle if you're listening to this that you are because we really didn't want to do this. We wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> which just goes to show how badly we probably needed to do this episode just to <laughs> not succumb to that fate. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Marvelous. Thanks everybody. Bye. Cheerio.